<clears throat> all right what's up everybody we are uh back like i said another episode we going for another five episodes straight get your ass out the way i'm sorry i'm like the only lame still playing uh nba 2k from uh last year what is it nba 2k 19 yeah i'm the only lame that's still playing that but uh anyway man look so um i believe the organization is called the crushers club that sound like the uh that sound like the people who fighting against uh pennywise man to me in my opinion the the crushers club what was they what was the name of that group man anyway i don't know why they picked the name but uh obviously they had a yeah, a picture of a white woman who um and she looked very caucasian right she wasn't just white she was caucasian and you know uh part of whatever the picture was because i'm not gonna say there was a mission statement or anything like that but she uh cut this young man's uh locks off right and she said you know this was symbolic i guess I, i'm i'm paraphrasing man but this is symbolic of a new change or whatever right and it caused a big stir and obviously you know a lot of black people on the uh on social media had you know whatever to say about it because just let's just say from the photo yes it looks bad, right? It, it it doesn't look like, you know, the message that uh, what you are trying to send, it makes it seem like you're saying um, that dreadlocks somehow, uh, or locks, however you refer to it, somehow uh, what predisposes you to crime or, you know, automatically means that you gang bang or you know whatever means that you're worth what you know whatever whatever right um but you know well let me say this first right and that that story is understandable because of so many others like you had the young man who was wrestling and he wouldn't be allowed to wrestle uh because you know he had locks and you know they made up a rule right there right not not it wasn't a rule in the rule book they made a rule up right there that said hey you can't wrestle because you have locks so they pulled out scissors and cut his hair you know and symbolically it was like they were castrating this young man in front of a group of audience of white people right and look that was wrong they knew what they were doing right um just had a story come out recently where there was another man, I can't, young man, I don't know if he was playing basketball or whatever, at the University of Arkansas in Fort Smith, I believe that's what it's called. Um, and, you know, they, they recorded, they had a secret recording or whatever of the coach. And, you know, the coach is saying, you know, I won't, I don't rec recruit players to come here. Or, you know, I don't allow players on my team who have, who had those things in his head or whatever, right? And that's pretty, that's exactly how he said it, right? Those things as if it's like he's got grenades sticking out his head or something, right? Or, you know, he got, you know, 
uh, a thousand dicks or whatever sticking out his head. Right. Like, you know, I don't I don't know what's so intimidating about it when when <laughs> when uh, white people, not not all white people, but, you know, white people from uh, a time before. Right. From the land before time. Uh I don't know what it is about them and they see their hair and, you know, it's just like, oh, oh, gosh, no, no. Right. But. uh, Yeah. So back to the Crushers Club, they, um, you know, they're a, a charity organization. Right. And, you know, they cut the hair off and they put it up. And like I said, this woman is really Caucasian. Right. So. If you don't grow up, if you don't grow up around black people, you don't, especially if you right growing up around black people in a white neighborhood or in a mostly white neighborhood, it's not the same thing as growing up around black people who come from a black poverty stricken, you know, crime ridden neighborhood. Those are two totally different things, right? There are white people out there who literally didn't grow up around that, but they actually do care, right? They actually do care, right? I don't know this woman's motives. I don't know this woman's motives. I, I, I don't know, right? But I'm just I'm just throwing this out here for the hell of it, right? Um, let's say that she does care, right? And she's really Caucasian. How is she supposed to know that this is wrong, right? And then the other thing was, what if the young man wanted his hair cut, right? Now, I, I did hear them say, you know, well, they could have gave him money to go to the barbershop to get his hair cut. That's so true, right? That's so true. I don't even have a response to that. But, but, again... Right. If you have a charity organization, you're really Caucasian. Right. And you had this young man who is because um, nobody I, I I can say this for a fact. Right. Ninety five percent of the people who had some bad to say, nobody went to fact check to see if, you know, this organization really does um charity work. Nobody went to see if this organization or if the young man really was, right, uh, gang banging or, or whatever, right? Or if he had, you know, uh, been locked up a whole bunch of time. I can't remember how old the young man was, but uh, he is young, right? I'm going to assume he's no older than 20, but I believe he's probably a little younger than that, right? So forgive me for getting his age wrong, but I'm going to say he's no more than 20, right? And, I, and you heard him speak, right, where he... Um, who was it? Ava DuVernay or whatever. Uh, he left her. And now I wish they would have just, you know, wrote his statement down and read it as opposed to letting him talk. Because that's the one thing where I was like, OK, well, they, they, they're playing at an angle right here already. But uh, because he wasn't uh, he didn't speak very well. So, number one, there's a telltale sign to. You know where he's from, right? He didn't speak well, but he did sound genuine in what he was saying. Uh, and, you know, I believe that 
from the young man's perspective, he believes that he's getting actual help. I can't say for the woman because I don't know enough about her. Right. I can't say for for the woman or the organization. I don't know. I don't know. Right. And then you tied in with the fact that, you know, Jay-Z that made a complete ass of itself the last couple of weeks. And you're just like, oh, gosh. Right. But that just to me highlights the fact that black people have been beaten down both physically and mentally so much, so bad over the last God. Uh, <laughs> Over the last, what is it, uh, 500 years, 400 years, however long, it's been beaten down so bad that anything, now that we can voice our opinion via social media, anything, anything is like, um, you know, we, we need to feel good about anything, which is why you get people who... Uh, go on social media and, you know, getting a million followers or shoot, not even a million followers, shoot, getting 10,000 followers, 5,000 followers is everything to people, right? Uh, especially women, right? Getting, you know, and if you have to show your ass or whatever, just to get some followers, you got to put on, put on a pound of makeup or whatever to get some followers, right? It's everything because that's how bad Black people need to feel good, right? It's just like small stuff. And then anything that is viewed as an attack because we're trying to build each other up, right? Which I love is, you know, to go see people who, um, to see people who are actually are black and they're actually doing something. And then you go, you're always going to have a couple of idiots who they don't like it just because they're, they're a hater, they're a troll or whatever. And anything good, they're against it, right? Um, And then most of the time, they'll try and sell their cheap knockoff version or whatever, right? And they ain't even got to be you trying to sell something. I'm just saying, like, if you go on social media or anything and you see somebody who's black and they're actually doing something good and to go see the love that they get from people who look like them, right? I love to see that. Right. And then you go on there, you scroll down some more. You see white people who are who are uh, supportive or whatever. Right. And you go check their profile. Right. Which you can't really learn nothing from somebody's profile. Right. Unless they're, you know, a, a mass murderer, because apparently mass murderers who use social media like to tell everybody what they're doing ahead of time. And, you know, people who can prevent it don't don't listen to it or don't pay attention to it. But anyway, um, you know, it's good to see that. But I also I also understand that, you know, black people have had so many bad experiences, especially overwhelmingly, number one, with white people that any time because it. Uh, this is the one thing that's hard for white people to believe, right? They can't believe that uh, that a black person, there are black people out there, right? Majority of black people, when I say majority, I mean 80% of black people, all of their experiences, all of their memories about white people are negative, right? All of them, every last encounter, all of them, all of them are negative. 
They can't believe they they can't believe that, right? But on the flip side though, you have a lot of white people who think that um who've never met anybody black. Well they yeah, they don't know anybody personally that's black, but they would tell but they can uh go into their barber shop or into a saloon or whatever the hell they do. Um go to a uh, deer hunting with their friends or whatever the hell and they could tell stories about black folks and bad experiences and all type of stuff with no actual knowledge right they can go in there they can forth right in, in, in Huntsville we say they forfing they can go in there and forth about black folks for four hours straight right they could speak non-stop their mouth won't stop moving right but the other but the opposite side of the coin they just refuse to believe that right but um for this young man i'm gonna say this right if he is from i don't even know you know where they at right because I, I i i heard the location but i can't remember so whatever city they're in right what if because this is something that's also true it's black people out there who've not only had awful experiences with all black po- folks, I mean, with all white folks, but majority of their life experiences around their own people have been negative, right? You probably uh, have a, a mom or a dad or both who are <clears throat> in jail, right? Who have been in jail pretty much your whole life uh, or abuse they are abusive um you know what i'm saying they they drink or smoke or whatever right and you are a child and they leave you to fend for yourself right so already at home that's a horrible experience then you go out into the world and the stuff in your neighborhood right uh it's a lot of kids who walk around neighborhoods with these bad experiences at home but then they have to worry about getting home every day. They have to worry about getting to and from school every day because even if they not into it with somebody, right, they could become a victim of somebody shooting or whatever, right, and then they fool around and get hit. Or, you know, if especially if you are, uh, well, let's say these two things. If you are a young man, right, and nobody might not mess with you when you five six seven eight years old right but then when you become 11 12 13 years old right you're a little older now people don't feel as bad about saying the bullshit they gotta say um and <clears throat> if you ain't got nobody like an older cousin older brother or whatever who out there right or just a family friend or whatever Right. Who out there to speak up for you and say, hey, leave him alone or leave her alone. Right. Then you can become a target of either a. You can uh, come over here or sometimes. Right. Because I speak on my own uh, experiences. Sometimes shoot, you can go be be over there visiting family. And, you know, what I'm saying you've been playing with some kids since you was a little boy. Right. And you come down and you might see them two or three times a year when you go visit or whatever, right? In my case. And then one day, you know, all of a sudden, y'all not seven or eight years old no more, right? 
one day y'all 12, 13, 14 years old and maybe one or two of the guys who you didn't always play with, they still got love for you. They're going to have forever love for you, right? But some of the other guys who uh, don't know you as well or maybe they do know you, but they didn't always, they didn't really like you in the first place or, you know, and their mind was, you know, we was cool, but shoot, he ain't, he ain't from around here. No, he don't stay around here, right? He don't know what we go through or whatever. So he, he an outsider now. Right. And now, shoot, you have to defend yourself against that or you have to distance yourself from that. Right. And how do you do that if that's your reality every day? So, you know, this young man could have had just bad experiences with everybody. And then finally, somebody comes along and, you know, says, hey, look, let's, you know, Maybe maybe he's been going to that thing for what? Let's just say for the last year or whatever, right? And then he comes up with the idea, you know what? Hey, look, I done learned a lot of stuff from here. I done seen people who look successful and, you know, all the guys who I want to uh, emulate or, you know, guys who I hope to be like, I noticed one thing. All of them might have had a short haircut. So, you know what? I want to get a short haircut. Right. I'm just playing devil's advocate again. I can't speak for the woman or the organization because they could be some prejudiced fucks and the money that they getting in donation could be all going to their pockets. But I tell you this. No, nobody ever say nothing bad when you find out that a church doing that. When a church doing that same thing, how many people have something bad to say? Right. When you find out that uh that the church you go to, the deacons molesting, molesting some of the young women or. You know what I'm saying? Sexually harassing the young women or you find out that the preacher been up there preaching all this time against what's right and wrong. And you find out that he in the closet. Don't too many people go in there and have nothing bad to say then. So, again, don't jump to conclusion this time is all I'm saying. Right. Because that's why I say I don't like to just speak on stuff the day I hear it. I like to think about it. I like to think about it for a few days. Right. And I like to see if anything else is going to come out before I say anything. It's some stuff that happened and I ain't never even said nothing about it. I thought about saying something about it, but then I like, no, nah, I need to let some more opinions come out. I need to let see if any facts come out or some more facts come out or, you know, whatever. Right. But um, like like which is why I didn't say nothing. The day I saw I saw the Chappelle show, the Chappelle special the day it came out, but I didn't want to comment on it that very day because I wanted to see people make a, a plan. I wanted to see people show their ass on the Internet, right? Because it wasn't like he everything he said was a lie. Everything he said was true. And he spoke from his experience. He didn't say uh, you guys experienced this or you guys. This is my experience. This is my experience. Right. And what's going on with that young man? That is his experience. How many people who have something bad to say? How many people reached out to him to say, uh, hey, young man, what's going on? How can I help? Right. How many of these famous people who have something bad to say, who just know that 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 organization was in the wrong, say, OK, young man, let me put my arms around you. Right. Because I need to know what's going on and I need to know how I can help. 
how I can love from black man to black man or, or, or black person to black person. Let me see how I can help you. Right. But again, like I said, black people have been beat down so much. They've been beat down so much and they need to feel good so bad that now that they have a, a way to voice their opinion, anything can set us off. Anything can press the wrong button. Um, You know what I'm saying? Anything. Right. And I'm about to tell y'all a story before we go to break uh, about my dread, about my lock experience. And, you know, I honestly should still have locks. My wife has locks. I love her locks. I I was a big advocate of her growing her locks. I love, 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 love seeing black women with locks. I can't stand seeing white folks with locks. I'm, I, they don't fit y'all, bro. It is not for y'all. Right. But if that's what you want to do, do your thing. But it looks gross. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie to you. It looks gross, right? And I've met. I I went to school in Quincy, California, in the mountains, in the mountains in Northern California, right? So I went to school with some hippies, real life, real life people who were hippies, and I saw some white folks with dreadlocks, and it was gross. But anyway, so I had locks. And I cut my locks in 2012, not because I wanted to, but because I felt pressured. I felt like I had to right, just in order to get a job. But I was I had my locks for um, was about four and a half years. Right. So I, I believe I just turned 23 years old. Here I am. I got uh, I am, you know, newly married. Or, you know, somewhere around here. Yeah, probably newly married. And, you know, I have two small kids and we were really, really struggling, right? And, you know, we was lucky. We love, used to get, used, we used to get them food stamps or whatever, right? And at the time, let me just say this. At the time, sometimes you'd be kind of embarrassed, right? And I noticed this a lot. It ain't just me. Like some people, it's, it's mostly women. It's mostly women. Women going in there, especially if you didn't got... Uh, Cause we know personally, you know, uh, somebody who got, you know, in like seven hundred plus dollars, or like eight hundred. I can't remember what she get, but you know, like uh, around eight hundred dollars a month in food stamps. That is a lot of free food, right? Uh, but shoot, you know, we was getting, I believe the most we was getting at one time like three fifty or somewhere around there, maybe four hundred. <clears throat> but you know. Um, anyway, so, you know, we're, uh, struggling and I had to, uh, we used to like get like the wick or whatever. Cause, um, we got it, uh, cause my youngest daughter was born. Usually you get wick and stuff a lot easier or, you know, you'll get it when you have a newborn, um, up until a certain amount of time. So, you know, I had kids aren't back to back, but they're 18 months apart. So we essentially got whipped for like a year or a little over a year or whatever. Um, and, you know, when we moved to Mississippi, uh, you know, I'm looking for a job or whatever. Right. And, you know, nobody would really hire me. So I was considering uh, going to um the navy right so 
The only job that I could really get at the time was at the um, at Sonic. I got a job at Sonic, man. And I was working uh, in the afternoon and I would work until close. And, you know, I wouldn't you can imagine how much you get paid at Sonic. Right. And we had moved in. We were staying with my mom. So many places. Um, I, uh, I, uh, applied to go work downtown at the, what was it like for like the state of Mississippi, but it was like something else. Right. And, you know, I was going to have to get like a security clearance or whatever. Right. So I sent my resume in, you know, I have my little (laughs) junior college education and, um, you know, I have some, you know, my references or whatever. And I believe uh, one of my references, actually, if I remember correctly, was a guy who grew up with my um, mom. And he was a po- he retired as a police officer. And, you know, he had all these connections. He was actually got up to like the police chief where he stayed or some some he he wasn't just a regular ride around on the street cop he had got up there because he worked there for uh i can't remember how many years but i want to say he was probably a police officer for you know maybe somewhere around 30 years or whatever right and he probably didn't grow with my mom i think he's older than my mom actually but uh you know that she's known him since you know she was young but uh anyway you know I go down there and, you know, I do the interview with the guy and it's an old white guy, right? It's an old white guy probably in his 60s, right? Late 50s or, uh, or you know, early 60s, right? At least I assume because, you know, white people age like uh, spoiled milk. So he could have been in his 30s. But um, I, uh, you know, we go through the internet. I notice he keeps glancing when... You know, people, when you can tell when somebody's making eye contact with you and when their eyes are veering off and his eyes kept veering up at my head or whatever, right? And we do an interview and it's probably like 30 minutes long, right? And he said, man, you know, you speak really well for yourself, right? And it was kind of one of those, man, you know, you speak really good, you know, to be a nigga. But uh, <laughs> no, like he didn't say that, but... That response was exactly like that, right? And he said, you know, you speak really good. And, you know, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ernest did, you know, help me get the interview. But he said, you know, I, if, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, you're like, yeah, you know, he told me, you know, good stuff about you. And, hey, man, you know, I, I, would, I would hire you right here on the spot. But, unfortunately, your hair, man, uh... Your hair uh, would make people here nervous. And I was like, um, you know, at the time, again, I'm I'm a young man. So I was like, well, I can go get a haircut. That's no problem. He's like, no, nah, man, it's just, uh, yeah, man, it's not it's not going to work out. But uh, good luck to you. Right. And he stood up and, you know, they showed me out to the door. Right. And there was no there was no. Yeah. If you go get a haircut today or whatever, get a haircut and be back by Monday or, you know, later on in the week or whatever. Right. Then. Hey, cool. No, it was none of that. It was a kind of like kind of like you see with the 
with the cop, with the police and black people. You see them passing judgment immediately, right? You're guilty and you are sentenced right now here on the streets, right? You ain't making it to no damn courthouse or jail. You right now, right? So, uh, you know, we got that. Um, he sent me on my way and I'm like, damn, man, because of my hair, right? So in my mind, I had made it. I had made my mind up. I was going to get my hair cut right again. I have newly married. I have two small kids. We on, you know, we just moved. So we ain't getting our little food stamps and wick from um, Alabama. Right. My wife had went and applied in Mississippi and we have next to no money. Uh, We don't have, you know. Obviously, we're staying with my mom, but we don't have nowhere to stay, really. And, you know, obviously, after that, I went and started working at Sonic. And I was working at, uh, went to apply at Nissan, where I ultimately got a job at and worked at for almost seven years. Um, But, you know, even when I went to that interview, right, I didn't see anybody when I was there with locks in their head. I didn't see anybody with locks in their head. And in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I don't want this same thing to happen here, especially here, because I heard of how much overtime and all that you could get here, right? Like, we we really need this, right? So I was also like, well, you know, it's going to be either Nissan or it's going to be the Navy, right? So I will work my job. I'll work my job at Sonic. I would get off most of the time at, um, I would usually get off around one o'clock or the location I worked at on the weekend closed or like Friday, Friday and Saturday would close on Friday and Saturday at like two o'clock. So I wouldn't get off until like two thirty on, on those days. But you know, the other days I get off at like. 12 31 o'clock because it closed at 12 on the other days and i uh i had i would get off whether it was 12 30 or it was 2 30 and i would stay up for like an hour sometimes two hours i didn't have the money to get no study material so i found a website to where you could practice and I use good old YouTube University to study like uh calculus uh problems or whatever, right? To uh take the ASVAB test, right? And I never applied myself to take the ACT, which was dumb. I never applied myself to study and that hindered me in my athletic career, right? Uh coming out of high school, which is why I went to go play or it's not the only reason, but it's part of the reason why I went to uh, junior college to play football. And anyway, I would get up and, you know, I see my uh, my wife and my kids there and I didn't get to see them pretty much none through the day. I missed my baby girl taking her first steps and all that. I missed her crawling. I missed all of that. Right. I, I missed her. Uh, I miss her doing a whole lot of stuff. And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. Or at least if I'm going to miss time, let it be meaningful. So I would stay up 
and I study, I make up something to study, right? And, you know, let's just fast forward. You know, obviously I had the dreads or whatever. And, you know, I go and speak and do all that. And I walk in to take the test. This is a couple weeks after the man told me that he wouldn't hire me um, at the place because of my hair. I go take the test at uh, for the Navy. Right. And, you know, you have to have like the base minimum score is like what is it like a 35 or something for or 30 or something like that i don't remember for the army and i believe you probably need like a 40 for the navy right and you know i go in and you know you meet everybody uh from the specific branch ahead of time and you know there's this black guy in there and he had a gold <laughs> had a gold tooth, which is ironic. But he had a gold tooth. And, you know, everybody looking at, at this tall dude with locks in his hand and all that. Like, okay, this nigga here, man. Okay, whatever. I just get him on out of here. Um, Go back, take the test. Uh, a couple hours later, uh, you know, there was some kids. Um, pretty much everybody that was younger than me. Um, I believe everybody that that when I went specifically was younger than me, maybe one or two people were my age or older, but you know, all them in there and they had all they studied uh, material and talked to, I heard them talking about uh, taking the test at high school and you know, this is our second time taking it and wouldn't you know the tall nigga with the <laughs> with the locks in his head had the second highest score behind you know this uh young man who was i believe it's like middle eastern and you know he wanted to do something specific ironically his score was only about seven points higher than mine i had the highest score you can get on the asvab is a 99 i had a 88 and that guy had like a 95 somewhere around there right so it's only a few points higher than me Right. But I was so my score was so far higher than everybody else's. Right. And uh, the same dude I told you with the gold tooth was like, man, who that is? Who, who is a king? Right. And, you know, they're really excited. He come meet me and he's shaking my hand. Like, man, come meet all. And all of a sudden now this guy who looked at me strange is now introducing me to all these people like. Right, because they judge the book by its cover, even though their thing is don't judge the book by its cover. But okay, whatever, right? So again, we doing our list, but I, I leave and I have to come back the next day. And you know, uh, they're really strict about in the uh, Navy about you know your tattoos or whatever, right? You can have whatever tattoos in the Marines. Or in the army, right? But in the navy and the air force, they're really strict about that, right? And which air force is my first choice, but I couldn't do that because I have a tattoo around my collarbone, right? And they wear V-necks, and that's a no-no. So, um, got kicked out. So that I, I, I didn't even get get to pass that one. So the second choice was the navy, and you know they. 
uh, go back, meet the same black dude, and he sit down and talk to me for like 20 minutes. He telling me everything that I'm going to do. And he was like, hey, man, what what job are you going to take? You can do anything. I said, you know, I want like, I want something that I, a real skill that I can take. And I was going to, uh, I love real estate. So I was going to do something like the, the contracting thing. And I, I, when I graduated high school, my cousin owns a business. He owns a business uh, where they uh, build houses, right? And, you know, in the summertime, some of us, when we were teenagers, would go work for them for, you know, a couple of dollars every week, like $150, $200 or whatever uh, a week. And <clears throat> I'm like, y'all, you know, I want to do something like that. And I'm like, man, cool, right? And, you know, he's talking to me, but I got the tattoos, I got the hair, so they had a, they had a guy drive from New Orleans, right? They had a white guy drive all the way from New Orleans just to sit down and talk to me in a room, right? And they had whoever the head white man was up there uh, sit down and talk to me in a room. And, you know, without making this story or episode any longer than it needs to be, uh, they essentially told me that I looked exactly like... Uh, a gang member, right? I, I was, I fit the description. They essentially told me that I was in a gang or, you know, <laughs> that I was lying about being in a gang, right? They, they grilled me and I was like, again, I said, I, I'm cutting my hair, right? I know I had to cut my hair and they're like, nah, man, you know what them tattoos and all that mean, right? And they went to go and I was like, man, look, I got these tattoos. It was dumb. I didn't, I never thought I'd be in a, you know, I never thought I'd be here. Right. But that's, you know, that ain't who that ain't who I am. You can check whatever background or whatever. They asked me, had I been to jail or locked up? I don't know how many times I told him I wasn't even, you know, yeah, I live in Jackson, but I didn't grow up in Jackson. They asked me like two or three times what neighborhood in Jackson I was from. And I was like, you know, about 15 minutes in. I was like, okay, well, can I, I'm I'm ready to leave because I know I'm not getting it. I know I'm not getting it. Even though uh after, you know, them asking me all them questions or whatever, uh they were like, yeah, you know, we're going to take pictures and we're going to send them off, you know, and get reviewed and you know, maybe you'll have a chance to to get through because you did have a high score, right? And then one of them asked me, "Hey, how did you get a score that high?" Nigga, I study. What do you fuck you mean? How did I get a score that high? Right? So obviously we all know I didn't obviously get into the Navy. And you know, I don't know if my mom is listening to this show, right? Um, it's nothing against her, right? I am older now. Uh I don't have no nothing, right? I I love my mama to death, right? My mom is actually one of my closest friends, right? My mom and my wife uh you know actually both of my parents you know my mom my dad and my wife are like uh you know some of my closest friends right not just my parents and my spouse but actual people who i sit up and talk to on the phone for you know a a, a while right and um but at the time you know uh she was really excited when i you know told the score but then Obviously, she was very, very disappointed because, you know, uh, some decisions I had made 
that weren't criminal or nothing like that, but decisions I had made had hindered me from getting into the Navy or whatever. Right. And, you know, she she was very much on the you have to cut your hair. I don't you know, I don't know why y'all grow your hair out like that and all that type of stuff. And, you know, she wasn't the only one. But again, you know, this is my mom that I'm using. She wasn't the only person I had ever heard say something like that. Right. I had heard plenty of people say that before. I actually had, you know, like white teachers or whatever say it's very inappropriate for uh young men to have hair like that okay well tell the white boys in the hair in the in the school to cut their hair in right why are you only telling us this we had braids was popular at the time right so a couple of the guys had braids in the school or whatever right how is it inappropriate for us but you know they got these these they hair uh hanging out to their side it's all the way down to their shoulders or whatever i ain't hear you say that to them right but uh yeah so you know, my mom said I obviously end up cutting it or whatever. Right. But to bring all this together, I understand how uh, that young man feels. Right. Like, you know, you want to do right. Regardless of whatever decisions you made prior to that, you want to do right. I'm still here. It ain't too late yet. Right. I want to try and fix it. And in his case, he believes that he's found somebody to help him and you know however long he's been going there he didn't probably seen something or he didn't probably been shown some love or attention or whatever right that he's never been shown before in his life and you know he is he's going to defend that he's going to defend that hey look to cut my hair in order to you know, receive this love that I'm receiving or, you know, not in order to receive it, but because because of the love I re- was receiving or whatever. Right. I know. Right. In his case, he's probably like, hey, look, man, I get pulled over all the time. And hey, maybe if I cut the hair, maybe I won't get pulled over as much. Or, you know, maybe when I go out to to hang out or do whatever. Right. That, you know, people won't be as quick to look at me because of my hair, because when you have when you have locks, especially, you know, it's become more of a mainstream thing now. But when I had them, you know, back then, uh, you know, even black people would look at you. Right. But not for the same reasons um, that white folks would look at you. Right. If you went to the right side of town. Right. They like, OK, well, shoot, let me see what he on. Let me see what's up, because, you know, you might be. You might be on some, you know what I'm saying? You might be trying to do something to me or, you know, you got that hair. I might want to do something to you, but I need to I need to scope you out first. Right. That's true. That's 100 percent true. In there. And then a nigga alive who can't say that ain't true. If you if you know what the black experience is like. Right. If you ain't green behind the ears, you you know what it is. So for me, I I mean, Regardless of how you feel about Jay-Z and the NFL or whatever, or, you know, this white woman cutting this young man hair off, how many of the celebrities who complained went and found that, that young man's uh, Instagram or whatever he got, Facebook or whatever he got, how many of them went out and found his Facebook and sent him a DM and said, hey, look. I want to help. I want to look out for you. You know, I want to mentor you, blah, blah, blah. 
How many of them did that? Because a whole bunch of them complained about it. But how many of them did that? How many of them uh, went and did research on the organization to see if it actually is an organization that does good in the community? How many of them did that is what I want to know. Right. So, again, I'm not saying that they right. But I am saying that y'all that the people who criticize y'all air you wrong. You you might not they might not be in the right, but you ain't right either. You ain't right either. Anyway, I expected for this to be, you know, broken up into segments, but hey man, look. I usually like to keep the episodes between forty five minutes to an hour, but I was gonna stay pretty much on this one topic. So we will make this an entire episode and just say it's one big long segment and boom that's two episodes straight so tomorrow we'll be back with something silly i'm gonna say i'm gonna say we're gonna do something silly as a matter of fact i got something in my mind that i want to do that will fit the bill man uh i want to talk about why you know um people who grew up in yesteryear just refuse to like <laughs> They refuse to. Uh, I'm going to use sports as an example. Uh, they refuse to acknowledge anybody young that has talent. As a matter of fact, I know a guy who he's not old. He's not old at all. But he said, man, I ain't about to give Odell Beckham no props because I ain't about to. I ain't about to kiss no nigga ass that's younger than me. How are you kissing his ass if you say he good? Like if he good, he good. Right. But that is a problem with uh, a whole bunch of older people. Right. Like a a lot of the older NBA players are people who uh, do journalism. Right. And it's not that this doesn't just apply to LeBron James. It's just he gets it significantly more than everybody else. But, you know, they have a problem with a lot of guys. Right. Steph Curry and all them. Right. They have problems giving people props. Right. Older women, they have a problem giving younger women props. Right. And they look so, you know, what I'm saying trend setting or, you know, I done heard an older woman say them young girl don't even be dancing. I ass shaking. That ain't dancing. Y'all can't dance. We used to do the freak. What the fuck is that? Anyway, look, hey, I holler back at y'all tomorrow. This is a Tuesday edition, man. We going five days straight. I'll holler at y'all, man. Peace out.